When it comes to investing, retirement, taxes, healthcare, and estate planning, the decisions you make today can greatly affect the quality of life for you and your loved ones tomorrow. What you need is straightforward and unbiased information on the most important issues you'll face when planning for your retirement. Good news. You found the Retirement Playbook sponsored by APO Financial. So get ready for an hour of the most comprehensive financial information on the radio. It's time for the Retirement Playbook. And now, here are your hosts, John Crows, John Goodhue, and Jeff Shea. Good morning and thank you so much. Welcome to the Retirement Playbook, the show that gives you the straight talk and honest answers you need to help you reach your wealth management and retirement goals through smart investing and careful planning. On today's show, we're going to be talking about making an annual financial planning checklist. Also, costs are soaring for elder care. How are you going to pay for that? We'll give you some suggestions on that. Also, eight mistakes that can upend your retirement. And finally, we're going to be talking about the Retirement Playbook Review. What you can expect when you call our number 906-523-9030 and request your retirement playbook. My name's Jeff Shade, and as always, I'm just here to ask the questions. But of course, the words of wisdom and solid advice come from John Crows and John Goodhue of APO Financial right here in Lorium. John Crows, how you doing today, my friend? Uh, doing great up in the Great White North, and actually, this is the first time we can actually say it's the Great White North yeah. this winter. I, I would imagine that you don't get many winters out there without it being white in some way or another, right? Uh, usually, it starts quite a bit earlier than this, and I think most people up here have been pretty happy with the reprieve, but uh, we got quite a bit of snow going right now. Well, you got to be tough to live in the Great White North. Okay, I'll turn to you, John Goodhue from the Mothership out there in Denver, Colorado. How's this weekend treating you, my friend? You know, it's it's a good weekend for the new year. Yeah, we're getting snow and cold weather right now, so it's <laughs> it's winter time. And that's a good weekend, is it, John? Do you like the cold weather like this? You know, I'm not the biggest fan, but I'll tell you what, the the mountains have been getting pounded. They yeah. love they're loving it. A lot of people around here, you know, of course, they love ski season. Right. And, snowmobiling and you know cross-country skiing and all that and so everybody's happy that the mountains are getting lots of snow yeah well i like the four seasons i mean i love winter when it's here and by the time you know march comes i'm tired of that but then comes spring summer and fall so nevertheless glad to be with all the people here of the uh, upper peninsula here to talk about your finances your money your journey towards retirement well let's start it off by talking about an annual financial planning checklist and a lot of people do this at the beginning of the year but for those people who don't know really what this is and what the value of this is. How would you describe what an annual financial planning checklist is? I think it's just a kind of a reset. You know, people in at first of the year, they make you know, the resolutions and all that stuff. I just read an article the other day that most resolutions are broken by the 14th of January. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like the, you know, the lose weight one and, and go back yeah. to the gym one and all yeah. those. Yeah. But I think that's what, you know, that's what it is. It's, it's a, it's a really good time. So first of the year, just to check in with you know, on yourself from a financial perspective, and basically look where you where you've come from. Look what last year, you know what what did that add or or detract, you know, from your overall plan. And it's a good time to start thinking about resetting. Yeah, and I personally have done that every year. I do that, and of course, I always put lose fifty pounds at the first part of the <laughs> on a little post-it note there. But what I've done this year is I've reverse engineered that, so I'm making some progress with that right now. But Coach Crows, do you make New Year's resolutions in terms of a financial plan? I don't know that I make resolutions, but I certainly look at what I have coming in and going out. And you know, uh, when I was working as a teacher, every every year you get a little bump in salary and. So you're just making sure that little bump in salary, you know mentally that you have that bump. And so 
maybe your spending increases a little bit, but you need to make sure that the amount that your spending increases doesn't exceed the amount you have coming in. So I create in my financial plan income and outgo projections for the year, sort of the way a business does it. But John Goodhue, what would you suggest is the first step for the folks listening to us if they're starting out with a brand new financial plan for this year? Well, first step, I think, from a it's, it's kind of what John said. It's like, okay, you know, what's my income, and making sure that my income is greater than my outgo. That's right. kind of number one because you can't do any savings unless you you've got a positive cash flow, right? Just like a business, a business can't stay in business unless it's making money. You're the same way, and so that would be the first thing. And you know, and if you find yourself that you're really skinny, then really going through your expenses and doing it, you know, line item by line item and making sometimes some tough choices for people. You know, you might have to not do five different online streaming services. You might have to go down to one or something. But yeah, that's kind of, it's a balance. It's just balancing out your income versus your outgo. That'd be the first thing I would do. Yeah, years ago, a wise old man once told me that when your outgo exceeds your income, your upkeep becomes your downfall. These days, I mean, with these streaming services and subscriptions and stuff, John, boy, you can really be laying out a lot of money that you really don't know about. There's this uh, app that I heard of, and, you know, they're not paying us for this, but there's a thing called Rocket Money, which you put in your information, it'll find these streaming services and all these things, these subscriptions that you have and help you trim those down. But I think that is a great place to begin is all these things that you're not using. So let's talk about setting financial goals, John. There are short-term goals, mid-term goals, and long-term goals. Let's start with the short-term goals. If you're making your annual financial plan, what are some of the short-term goals that you would suggest people put in there? Well, the first thing I tell people is you need to have a reserve. Like people will come and they'll say, you know, I just, hey, I want to get started with a, you know, retirement plan and I, you know, I want to start saving money. I want to start investing. And the first thing I ask him is, okay, how much do you have in a, your reserve account? I'm just talking cash. I right, mean, just right. back someplace. I don't care. It's your checking account, savings account. It's in a money market fund, maybe short-term CD. If you need the money right now and today, it's you can go grab it. And so I always tell people, you should have at least six months of your monthly living expenses in a reserve account that you can just go get. That's kind of my gold standard. When people don't have much of any, I say, look, then take it a month at a time. Right. It's you know, it's like anything. It's it's a it's a race, and don't try to sprint. So if you don't have a lot, well, do one month, and then build up to two months. Eventually, I would say people go, well, I like to have a lot of cash. Well, I say, well, nine months is okay. Twelve months is too much. If you've got more than twelve months or more sitting in cash, not doing anything for you, you're losing money to just if nothing else to inflation. And the places to put that money to, you've got money market accounts, you've got savings accounts at the bank that really don't pay too much. These days, CDs pay a lot more, but they're not really liquid. John, how do you feel about putting emergency funds in a six-month CD? Well, you know, I don't mind it too much, especially right now. Like six, seven, eight-month CDs are paying about 5%. Mm -hmm. That's pretty good. And the worst thing they do to you, if you had to go get the money, it's liquid. What they'll do is they'll, the different banks and and savings and loans have different rules, but they're basically going to hit you by taking usually not more than six months of, of interest away from you. Like savings and loans have different rules. They they don't they don't hit you as hard as commercial banks. Commercial okay. banks usually hit you at six months, and but savings and loans will do like one month, two months. It depends on how much you've got in there. We're talking with John Goodhue and John Crows of APO Financial. 
We're talking about an annual financial plan. Coach Crows, where do you think credit cards fall into this? I think a lot of people have a lot more credit card debt than they may realize, and they don't realize what the interest rate is on that. Yeah, I think that's a big problem for a lot of people because you hear everyone just talk about their credit card balances. And right now we're in a, living in a high interest situation and that includes your credit card balance. And if you're not going to pay off that credit card, then you're just constantly paying off interest rates and your principal says staying right there and it's just generating more and more money that you have to owe. Big thing is get rid of those credit card balances so then you can actually increase your savings and start saving for your future. Yeah, and on the liability side of that sheet, I do put down credit card balances. I don't have a lot of them, but if you do have several credit card balances, put the ones with the highest interest rate up top. You'll find out that some of these credit cards are charging 25, 26, 27 percent interest. And let's say that you've got a nine, ten thousand dollar balance at 25, 26, 27 percent interest. You're paying five hundred dollars a month on that. Two hundred and fifty dollars of that is going towards interest. So list them that way. Highest interest rate. That's the way that I would do it. And then any kind of money that you get, bang it against that top credit card and try to pay cash for as many things as you possibly can. We're talking about your annual financial planning checklist here with John Crows, John Goodhue of APO Financial. So the short-term goal is establish a budget, create an emergency fund, and then pay off your credit cards. You know, Jeff, what you just talked about, I call that a waterfall. It's a credit card waterfall and and people will come and they'll have like six different credit cards. And I'll say, look, you're you're paying, you know, 28% on this one. You're paying 22% on this one. Maybe you've run a balance on a couple other ones and you're not paying anything right now. So let's figure out, number one, how much can you pay toward all your credit card debt to get it paid down? whatever that number is, and then pay all of it, except for the minimum payments you've got to make on the other five, pay all of it on the first one. And then you pay that sucker off and it waterfalls down. Now you're, that was the 28%. Now you're going after the 22%. This is the mistake people make. Just because they paid off one card, they think they can lower the, the, the amount they're putting toward their credit card debt. That's the mistake. You keep the same amount and you hit the second one and you just go keep on going like a waterfall one after the other after the other. And it's amazing how quickly people can get out of debt, at least credit card debt that way. Yeah, that's a very good method, John. And being that we're here in the Upper Peninsula, I'm going to call it the uh, snowball effect. As I said, you know, put the highest interest rate at the top and bang against that until you get them all paid off. So paying off your credit card debt, very, very important. Those are short-term goals. Let's talk about midterm goals. What are some examples of midterm goals that you might want to set? Well, if you're still working, one I would do is if your business doesn't provide for it, you should really look at disability income insurance mm-hmm. because it's more likely that people because people think of life insurance and I think that's an that's another midterm goal but really you're more likely to become disabled than to die young and so really I mean a lot of businesses have disability insurance which is great sometimes they don't have enough but if you know if something happens to you and you're the, especially like if you're the major breadwinner in your family and you don't have disability income and you're out for six months, nine months, a year or more, you're putting your family in a horrible position. And so I would say that's number one. And then life insurance, especially if you have debt, if you have mortgage, a mortgage, the credit, let's go back to credit cards, those type of things. If you have children and you want them to make sure they go to college someday, absolutely having life insurance, it helps bridge that and it'll help you sleep better at night if you do these type of things. 
So those are the midterm goals. And then, of course, we're going to be setting some long-term goals, not necessarily for this year, but it could be many, many years out into the future. Coach Crows, what are some of the things that we would want to put into a long-term goal to save for? Well, I think just the nest egg that you want to build up, your wealth that you want to build up, that you're going to use to create your guaranteed income as a retiree. So you want to determine how much of a nest egg that you're going to need to save for a comfortable retirement and then figure out ways to increase your retirement savings. And if you really dig, I think there are a lot of ways you can do that, Coach. I mean, you can cut down on, you know, the amount of cup of coffees that you uh, drink. I mean, do you have the fancy uh, Starbucks and things like that up there in the Upper Peninsula? Oh, we, we have our access. I think the uh, the guy that actually founded Starbucks is actually a Northern Michigan University grad. So this is kind of like the homeland of your Starbucks up here. <laughs> but being the math teacher that I am, too, is the wonderful mathematical genius of compound interest. Right. And so if you use compound interest, right, you can put a little bit of money away and use time and compound interest to generate a much larger nest egg. And I'm going to mention something that I like to call the latte millionaire. And that is if instead of spending six, seven bucks for a latte every day that you took that six, seven bucks and you invested it, just like you said, Coach Crows, in some sort of account that has compounding interest, before you know it, you'll be well on your way to becoming a millionaire. So there are little things here and there that you can cut out that you may not realize. We've been talking about making an annual financial plan with uh, Coach John Crows and John Goodhue of APO Financial. If you've got questions about creating that financial plan, you need a little help with getting that started. We're offering a no-cost, no-obligation retirement playbook review for you to our loyal listeners of this show. To get yours, call 906-523-9030. Wouldn't you like to have a roadmap or a path that you can follow to get you to a secure retirement? Well, there is a place to start, and that is making that phone call. Again, 906-523-9030, not going to cost you a dime. There is no obligation whatsoever for your complimentary consultation. You can also ask for it online by going to apofinancial.com. That's A-P-O-Financial.com. Want more strategies to support the quality of life you want for 30-plus years? Don't go away. There's more Retirement Playbook from APO Financial in just a moment. You can't start a journey you've never taken without a plan. And you can't start your retirement journey without a comprehensive plan to get there safely. To request your no-cost, no-obligation Retirement Playbook review, call 906-523-9030 or request it online at apofinancial.com. Now back to more of the Retirement Playbook with John Crows, John Goodhue, and Jeff Shade. If you're just joining us, you're listening to the Retirement Playbook with Coach John Crows and John Goodhue of APO Financial. We just finished talking about having an annual financial plan. If you've missed that part of the program or you want to hear this show all over again, remember we're a podcast. Simply go to wherever you get your podcast, search for the Retirement Playbook with John Crows and John Goodhue. You'll find this show and all of our past shows so that you can stay on top of your journey towards a successful retirement. Once again, our telephone number, if you want to get in and get your complimentary financial retirement playbook, that number to call 906-523-9030. It's 906-523-9030. You can also request it online at apofinancial.com or Coach Crows, if I'm strolling down the street there and I pass third in Florida, I'm on my way to the Gip Arena. Can people just maybe pop in the door and say hello to you? Absolutely. In fact, uh, it's funny you asked that because uh, I was on the phone with John earlier today talking about something else and hung up and 
heard someone come in the front door and it was just someone walking in and wanted to ask some questions about their they had their IRA papers and wow. said that they're fans of the radio show and just wanted to stop in and chat and so we brought them in and sat for about a half hour and learned what questions are and so I'm, I'm gonna bring that back and uh, next week yeah. talk with some of the people in the office and, and answer some of the questions that he did have. Yeah, and I think that's something that you can't do with most financial advisors. You just can't drop in like that. But I think that is one of the great benefits of APO Financial being in Lorium is that you're right there at 95 Third Street. The doors are open during normal business hours, and we certainly invite people to just drop in. Of course, if you want to have a specific appointment at a certain time, 906-523-9030, but we do enjoy having people just walk into the office. Okay, let's talk about something that is very important to people when they're putting together a financial plan, and that is paying for elder care. And we're going to really kind of break this down insofar as long-term care. I mean, most people don't expire just overnight. Some people do, but most people, it's more of a a long, drawn-out event. And I think that millions of families across America, and particularly up here in the Upper Peninsula, a lot of people are uh, facing some dawning life choices, potential financial ruin, I would say, because of the escalating cost of home care and assisted living facilities and nursing homes that can potentially devour savings and incomes of older Americans and their relatives. So let's start off that way and talk about some ways that you can pay for long-term care. Now, the first one that comes to mind is right out of the hip pocket. I think I'll just go ahead and write a check for that. How realistic would you say that is considering the cost of health care and long-term care today? So I'll tell you that, number one, I've been doing this almost 16 years. Only retirement planning. That's all our firm does. 70% of people's retirement plans who come to us after they're already in trouble, they blew up because they were unprepared for the cost of the care of somebody in their family. And it's not just spouses. Right now, we, we got the sandwich generation going on, right, right. Uh, you know, and you've got your parents and your parents aren't prepared. Well, what's happening to a lot of their kids who are now, you know, adults, boomers, a lot of us, we're having to pay for it. And it's really hurting our retirement. And so it is a horrible, awful situation this country finds itself in. Only about 7% of all Americans, when, they're, when they turn 65, have addressed this risk in their retirement. And I try to urge everybody to cover this risk. There are literally nine different ways to do it. Everybody thinks there's only one. Everybody thinks it's long-term care insurance. Well, there are eight other ways, several of those, that are better than traditional long-term care insurance. Yeah, and John, here are some sobering figures, too. Half of the nation's assisted living facilities cost at least, get this, $54,000 a year. That is half of them. Home care is costly. Agencies charge about $27 an hour on average for a home health aid. And consider memory care units these days with Alzheimer's and dementia being so prevalent. The least expensive option costs about $8,000 a month and some places can reach twice that. So certainly just writing the check yourself is not possible for a lot of people. You mentioned long-term care insurance as being one of those options. Why is that maybe not the best option? Well, this started about 10 years ago. We're living too long. If you really want to know the truth, that's it. 10 years ago, there were probably 40 insurance companies that offered traditional long-term care insurance. Today, there's only three. And I think the biggest one of those is probably not going to be offering it within 12 to 24 months. And it's because we're living too long. It's healthcare costs continue to escalate like we all know. 
And so what's happened is it's become very expensive. They're increasing the, the premiums. I mean, gargantuan increases in premiums. And the new policies, are they've lowered the benefits to the point where I can't make any sense of why somebody would do a traditional long-term care insurance policy. That's the big problem with them. Coach Crows, I know that you're a native of this area. You've been around a long, long time. Really, for generations, the Crows family has been here. In your experiences, have you had anybody who needed long-term care, and how did they pay for that, or did they have trouble paying for it? Well, I was fortunate enough with my grandparents to watch them. All four of them lived into their 90s and lived in their houses right up until they passed away. And so the long-term care never was was a bugaboo in our family. But certainly sitting here with my friends and watching my friends deal with some of their family and parents and and watching the hardships that they're going through to dealing with some of the long-term care, especially the memory care, and just watching and, and listening to their stories about how long-term care is just gobbling up the savings that they had because they didn't have any type of plan going in and we're just going to deal with it when they got to it. And the two biggest expenses in retirement, I think, are not only taxes, but of course it is paying for long-term care. We've talked about writing the check out of the hip pocket. Most people not plumb to do that. Long-term care policy is really not the answer for a lot of folks. Now, if you're a veteran, there's something called veterans aid and attendance. If you've served a certain amount of time in the military, it doesn't pay for everything and it doesn't pay for it up front. You pay for it, then it'll reimburse you a part of that. If you're a veteran, you would want to look into that. But I think a lot of people listening to the program today, John and John, are probably saying, well, what about about Medicare. Doesn't Medicare pay for long-term care? Yeah, that's usually what people think. And unfortunately, Medicare does not. I don't want to repeat this for everybody listening. Medicare does not pay for long-term care. If you're sick or if something happens, it'll pay for the medical component, but it's not going to pay for your long-term care. And people get this one confused. I think most people don't understand because there's very, very similar sounding. Mm -hmm. Medicare and then Medicaid. Medicaid does pay for long-term care. Medicaid is a joint program between the federal and state governments. Every state's a little different because they're the ones that kind of control it. But for Medicaid, you basically have to not have a lot of money. If you're a single person, you've got to be broke because they don't let you keep hardly any money. Mm-hmm. If you're married, they'll allow the person who doesn't need the care to keep a little bit. But still, you've got to be pretty much, uh, you know, not have a lot of assets to get Medicaid to pay for it. And then Medicaid will, will pay for some home care. It'll pay for nursing home care, but it won't pay for assisted living facility care. And so that's another problem people run into. John, you had mentioned at APO Financial, this is something that is quite common that you face, that you were saying that there was nine ways or that you had nine ways potentially for people to pay for long-term care. We talked about uh, long-term care insurance and self-funding, but what are some of the other methods that people can use to pay for long-term care? Sure. So several things. One of my favorites, well, I guess actually my favorite way to do it is this. Long-term care insurance is built on a health insurance chassis which this is what happens. And this is the biggest, this is the biggest excuse I hear, Jeff. Right. You know, if I, if I put all that money in there and I pay for all that money and I never need it, my gosh, I've just lost all that money. I never get it back. You know, it's the use it or lose it, my idea. Right. And I say, well, you know, you've got, you've had health insurance for how long when you were working and you probably paid for some of that. And did you cry at the end of December when you didn't have to go to the hospital? You know, so it's like, it doesn't make a lot of sense, but that's what people say. And so the other thing is I'm a planner 
And so most long-term care insurance is built on a 36-month platform, which means if you need care past 36 months, there's nothing there for you. There's no benefit. And therefore, if you do a plan, if you live like 72 months or 90 months and you're needing care, you're going to be eating up assets because there's nothing that's going to cover that, right? Unless you get Medicaid qualified, which you could eat up assets and then get Medicaid qualified. So I have a solution that answers both those problems and it's, and it's not really a cost. Okay. So I use a solution that does this. Number one, it provides lifetime long-term care and there's only one solution that'll do that. So that way I don't have to guess how long somebody's going to be alive. Two, it's also, I can use both post-tax money, money you've already paid taxes on. I also can use IRA money to fund it. You usually can't do that. And number three, if you never need it, ever, never need it, and this covers both spouses, by the way, if you never, ever need it and then you die, what's going to happen is the money, more money than you ever allocated to it is going to go back to your estate, back to your kids, for example. And therefore, all you really did was moved shell money bucket A to shell money bucket B. You covered your risk. And then since you didn't need it, it went back to A and your kids get to spend that money. I think that is a great way to solve the long-term care problem. And I try to show people how to do that as often as I possibly can. John, that sounds like a great plan. But as you said, there are nine of those. Can you give me one more example of how you might help people pay for long-term care? Sure. This is a popular one. Let's say somebody can't qualify for long-term care because they're sick. The one thing in the world they want more than anything is to cover their long-term care risk. I can do that. And how you do that is you, you take some assets, you allocate them to a certain type of fixed index annuity that gives you growth, that gives you income. And then if you ever need the long-term care, it will double the amount of income coming out of that annuity for five years. That's 60 months. That's longer than any long-term care policy will cover. And then if you're still around, if you're still alive after 60 months, it's going to drop it back down to the guaranteed amount for the rest of your life. And there's no health care questions. And so it is a really, really great way to cover that risk when people cannot qualify for a long traditional long-term care or any type of other type of long-term care. That is another great solution, John. I'm sure that our listeners hearing this today are probably saying to themselves, you know, I think I want to know more about that. If you are worried that you're going to get elderly and you do not have a plan for long-term care, I want you to listen up because APO Financial has something that more than likely you're not going to find anywhere else. If you have questions about how you're going to pay for this, how you're going to pay for it for maybe elderly relatives, call this number 906-523-9030. The phone lines actually are open right now. If you call this weekend, you probably won't get through to a live person. We may be talking to somebody else, but you can leave your information there. Laura will give you a call back next week and get you in to sit down and talk about your long-term care situation. Once again, no cost, no obligation for this, a chance for you to get on the right path and to be able to do something now before it's too late to do anything. 906-523-9030 is that number. Again, no cost, no obligation for this whatsoever. You can also request your consultation about long-term care online at apofinancial.com. That is apofinancial.com. Want more talk about sustaining your wealth and thriving in a retirement that could last 30 plus years? Stay tuned for more Retirement Playbook from APO Financial after this. Ready to score a touchdown with your retirement plan? Good. You're listening to the Retirement Playbook. And now, back to the show with your coaches... 
John Crows, John Goodhue, and Jeff Shea. Thank you so much for joining us here for the Retirement Blueprint. We're here with you each and every weekend on 920 and 107.3 FM WMPL. Talk that bridges the gap. We're glad you could join us again this week. We've talked about so many great things in the program. Remember, we're also a podcast. Simply search for our show wherever you get your podcast. You'll find this show and all of our past shows so that you can stay on top of your journey towards a successful retirement. In this segment, John and John, I want to talk about eight mistakes that can upend your retirement. Pursuing your retirement dreams is challenging enough without making some common and very avoidable mistakes. So let's talk about those eight big mistakes to steer clear of if possible. The first one is not having a plan, not having a blueprint, not having a strategy. Yeah, that's the number one right there. You know, it does amaze me. A lot of people do a good job saving for retirement. Uh, A lot of people do good things like, well, they might have some real estate. But they don't have a plan how all that fits together. And most people just don't have a plan, And period. But my big thing with them is, look, you've got risks in retirement that are, it's, a lot of them are different than the risks that you've, you had when you were working. And you've got to address all those different risks. And if you go into retirement and you don't address those risks, one of those is probably going to come up and bite you in the butt. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, the only way you can really make sure that you cover all those risks is to have a real, true, honest-to-God retirement plan. And that's what we do. That's what we've been doing for 16 years. It's a comprehensive, all-encompassing, everything in retirement that will affect you, every risk. That's what we cover, we handle, and we do for people. And creating, I think, a strategy really goes a long way towards increasing your potential for success both before and after retirement. Coach Crows, let me ask you this. When you've gone into an important football game, have you ever gone in without a plan or a playbook? Uh, no, I haven't. And uh, one, of the, one of the things I want to reiterate that I've, I've heard John say more than once is hope is not a strategy. Right. So if you're one of those people who hope that you're going to have a good retirement, certainly do not count on that. Have a strategy, have a playbook, have a plan, and that's something that you can get here at APO Financial. No problem at all. We'll get you started off on the right foot. Next one is frequent trading. I mean, chasing hot investments usually does not lead to anything good, does it? No, it doesn't. And trying to chase the next Google and Amazon and all that stuff, that's where people really get in trouble. I mean, some of that stuff, you know, if you do like the FANG stocks, the Facebook, Amazon, that, all that, it'll work for a little while until it doesn't. And then people say, oh, my gosh, we know my portfolio is falling apart. You've just taken too much risk and you have too much volatility. So you might be a lot smarter just thinking to yourself, you know, the little train that, sh- that could, mm-hmm. <laughs> you need to be the little train that could. Just chug along, get good returns, don't take a lot of risk. You will finally get to your destination. You do the hot stock thing and the hot tip thing and the, whatever said your brother-in-law told you about, you know, some new little company that's thinking about going IPO in six months and you lose all the money you put into it. That's when you get in trouble. Have you ever heard about these stock trading academies, uh, John? You know, basically sometimes they're online courses, sometimes they're in person, but people sign up for these things and apparently they're going to teach you how to trade on a daily basis to make big, big money. Have you ever heard of that being a successful strategy? No, actually, I used to have an advisor that worked for one of those day trading firms and before he came to work with us and he worked for them for several years and he will tell you that there were maybe a handful of people that did okay out of the thousands and thousands that paid them big bucks to learn that stuff mm-hmm. and the rest the rest of them they could do okay for a little while some of them they might even do really good for a little while but eventually it all turned on them they took too much risk and they ended up broke 
Right. And as you said, it works until it works. And then when it doesn't work, you're in a heap of trouble there. We're talking about mistakes that can upend your retirement with John Crows and John Goodhue of APO Financial. The next one is neglecting to maximize your tax deferred savings. Yeah, I think this one's a tricky one. I love people who save. That's number one. And uh, when they put in, you're using your, you know, your 401k plan or your 401a's or b's if you're in the the non-for-profit space, absolutely should do that. The issue is that is if you just save a bunch of money back in tax deferred, people think that IRAs and 401ks are tax. They think tax deferred is tax free. I think I really hear people tell me this. Oh, I don't have to pay taxes on that. I got a deduction when I put the money in there and I don't have to pay taxes on it when I retire. No, you do. It's tax deferred, which means I think it's probably smarter to build more money in the tax free side. Like in the 401ks, most 401k plans have Roth components to them. Most retirement plans have Roth components. You can you can open an, a Roth IRA account. The growth on that is tax-free. And so if anybody believes that taxes are going to go up during the rest of their lifetime, why in the world wouldn't you build toward tax-free more than you would tax-deferred? And so that's what I try to educate people about. Be a lot smarter about taxes because unfortunately, people don't get advice on tax planning. Financial firms don't do it. Most CPAs don't do it. Our firm does. Our firm, one of the specialties we have is effective and efficient tax planning for the rest of your life. And so that, I always tell people, if you if, if you have a bunch of tax deferred monies, if you've got a bunch of non-tax deferred monies, just non-qualified monies, maybe sitting in a brokerage or, comp- or something, that's a different tax problem. It's still a tax problem. It's just a different tax problem. If you've got a, a bunch of highly appreciated assets, like a bunch of real estate that's highly appreciated, well, you got a different tax problem there. There are lots of different tax problems that people just aren't facing. And people say, well, I, I know I'm going to have to pay the taxes on it someday. Well, don't. Capital gains taxes are actually voluntary. People don't realize that. I and, know that. And, yeah. And I'm not talking about some crazy, you know, scheme that the government can't tax you. I'm talking there are ways to do planning if you have high levels of capital gains, like in businesses, in real estate, in highly appreciated stocks. There are tools to let you not pay those capital gains. And so I love showing people those things. And the next one I'm going to be totally transparent about because it does apply to me, John. I mean, I'm retirement age, but I'm still working right now, not only because I love to do this with you guys, but I kind of have to do it, too. And it is because that when our kids were uh, beginning to go to college, we decided that having student loan debt was something that we did not want them to have. So we actually sold our house and took uh, most of the proceeds and put it towards their college funding. We paid for a college education for two children and therefore we compromised our retirement. I would imagine that that is something that you would advise against. Yeah, you're all good parents because you gave your children a wonderful gift. Hey, Jeff, the other thing you should have done is had a contract with them that they'd pay for your stuff in retirement. That would have, I'm just. They let us stay at their fancy houses now. Oh, well, yeah. Swim in their pool. You know what I'm saying? You might have to do a little reminding about that. Okay. But yeah, I I see that all the time that people, they, they do, they sacrifice. We're parents, parents sacrifice for our children. Of course. Um, we want, and like if our kids are really smart and they get into a really good school, it's really hard to say, hey, you can't go to Harvard or Yale or Stanford or something. Cause then those schools are really expensive. Even a regular school, a state school anymore yeah. is really expensive. But yeah, I, I mean, I, I totally understand it, but I do think that 
you can do some planning around it so that maybe you don't take as much of a hit. And I always say that it's not a horrible thing for your children to take on some debt for and take on responsibility for their education, especially if they're you know if they're going to be a, a professional or or in a good a good earning career at some point. Because I I think it commits the kids to yeah. actually you know not not go drinking every night on you know and go weekends and you know yeah. and maybe strive for better grades. That's kind of how I feel. That's what I've that's what I made my kids do, and it worked out okay. Yeah, well, it's paid off for ours as well, too. One of them's in the uh, dental field, and the other one went to Fashion Institute of Design and Marketing. Sort of legally blonde school, if you ever saw that movie. She she basically goes and uh, she picks out clothes for people, for companies like Stitch Fix and that sort of thing, too. But it did work out well for them. They don't have any student debt, and for that, we are glad. We talked about the next uh, mistake that can upend your retirement, and that was uh, overlooking health care costs, long-term care. I'm going to skip to the next one here, and that is retiring with too much debt. Again, that is something that we talked about there, paying off credit cards. But I'm going to skip again to the last one here. It's not only about money when creating a retirement plan. Being wealthy or rich is not just about having a good balance sheet. No, it's not. I mean, your health is, is in my opinion, just as important as your wealth. And most people, you know, it's, it, it is amazing. Most people don't they don't do a lot about their health. I mean, some people do, but going into retirement healthy or, or get healthy. If you're not healthy and going to retirement, let's say you're, you're, you're a little overweight. Let's say you haven't, you know, you haven't been to the gym recently. Let's say that, you know, just some things you haven't addressed. Maybe your doctor has been nagging you about, well, do it. If you get those things fixed going into retirement, you've got, it'll, it'll extend your life It'll make things that you do in retirement easier. You'll get more enjoyment out of it. I call those years the go-go years. I talk, we talked about that before on this program. The years, the five to eight years after you retire are your go-go years. They're the, they're the best five to eight years you're going to have, right, of the rest of your life. So maybe you should be healthy or as healthy as you can get during those times when you might be doing trips and doing or bigger things in life. I just think that's really important. And not enough people think about that. And being wealthy or being rich, as I said, it's not about money. I have known people, John, who have a great deal of money, millions upon millions of dollars, and they're just miserable people. Oh, yeah. But I've known people who don't have a lot of money who are what I call rich because uh, they have people that uh, love them. They love people. They have hobbies. They have interests. They have social lives. And I would call that rich. I mean, having money is a lot easier than not having money, but it is not the end-all, be-all to being wealthy or rich. Oh, no, not at all. I mean, you're right. Family, friends, being respected and loved, those are so much more important than the money you've got. I'm like you. I, I know lots of people that have lots of money. They're so miserable because they, you know, they got their, their kids. They've, 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 they've ostracized their kids. The, right. the kids don't talk to them. They can't see their grandkids because of that. You know, their spouses, you know, they've been married for a long time, but they just don't talk anymore. Right. Now, money is a tool and it's a, it's a great tool but it's just a tool. You can't take it with you. And so, you know, doing things in retirement for your family, for example, I try to get my clients, like we do planning. I figure everything out. We all figure everything out forever. And then guess what? There's a bunch of money down here. It's going to be left to kids. What I tell people is, you know, instead of waiting until making your kids wait until you're dead, why don't you do this? Why don't you take some of that money and do things for your family? Go take your family on a, on a family vacation every year. Yeah. You know, have, build memories with your grandkids. You know, if your children, if one of your children maybe needs some money, maybe needs some help financially, help them financially, but also 
teach them about money. You know, if, if you did a good job savings, maybe they're not doing such a good job. Educate them. Be their mentor. You're their parent, and you've got those assets. I think that to me, those people are wealthy. Those people that will do that thing, they're actually they're actually spending their wealth. Right. They're a lot wealthier than they would ever been if they just kept that money. And there are a lot of people that I know as well, too, who do not treat themselves. They fly coach. They don't fly first class. They don't take the trips or the cruises that they wanted to take. And they save their money, they die, and they pass it on to the kids. And guess what? The kids are flying first class. The kids yep. are taking the cruise that you didn't take. Why wouldn't you want to do that for yourself? So anyway, consider that. We've been talking about eight mistakes that can upend your retirement with John Crows and John Goodhue here of APO Financial. If you want to avoid these mistakes, if you want to make sure that your retirement is fulfilling, that your retirement is the best that it can be, we certainly invite you to get in and sit down with Coach Crows there, John Goodhue at APO Financial, to ask your questions, to put you on that path towards a prosperous retirement. No cost, no obligation for this whatsoever. Call today, if you will. That number to call 906-523-9030. It's 906-523-9030. Again, no cost, no obligation, no judgment for this whatsoever. If you're walking by 95 Third Street and you see that big, beautiful three-story house there, you can stop in and see Coach Crows. Talk about your retirement plan. He'll be happy to talk to you. You can also request it online at apofinancial.com. It's APO financial.com. We're going to take a quick break and we come back. We'll be talking about that retirement playbook review, what it involves when our show continues here on 920 AM and FM 107.3 WMPL. Talk that bridges the gap. We're back with more strategies for a retirement in which you not only survive, but thrive. This is the retirement playbook from APO Financial. Once again, Here's John Crows, John Goodhue, and Jeff Shade. Thank you so much for joining us. You're listening to The Retirement Playbook with John Crows and John Goodhue. Once again, our telephone number, if you would like your complimentary, no cost, no obligation, Retirement Playbook, that number 906-523-9030, 906-523-9030. And as always, you can stop in and see Coach Crows there, sometimes John Goodhue at the office at 95 Third Street, corner of 3rd and Florida, right up from the Gipper Arena. Well, every week I talk to people about getting this Retirement Playbook review, and I'm sure that a lot of people listening are probably thinking to themselves, you know, I would love to have that review, but I'm really scared about what's going to happen when I go in there. They're going to look at me and go, are you kidding? What are you doing in here? You don't have enough money for us. Or they're going to ask me a lot of questions I don't have the answers to, or they're going to put me on the spot. So I really want to demystify that process and what it's really all about. So when I invite people to call 906-523-9030, I would imagine the first voice that they're going to hear is Laura. She's going to set up an appointment for you to come in for a consultation. First off, how long does it take to get this appointment? I mean, do you have to wait weeks, months? How soon can I get in? Uh, depending on the day, depending on what time you're calling, you could, we could even probably fit you in that day. It depends what our schedule is. Um, it just happened today where someone walked in and I just happened to have some free time and we brought him in and just sat down. And when you come in the first time or any time, and I want to stress this wholeheartedly is whenever you come in here, the first thing we are not going to do is try and sell you something. Right. We are never going to try and sell you anything. That That is not what we're up to here. Our ultimate goal is to help you feel good about your retirement. And what we want to do and what we'll do right off the bat is, number one, let's get to know each other. 
And number two, I, I want to hear what your what your goals and dreams are. And then we could start talking about how we can accomplish that. So the first consultation is purely discovery. I mean, you're discovering what your client is all about. The client is trying to discover what you're all about. And I'm glad you mentioned that you don't try to sell anything because how can you sell somebody something? First of all, how can you offer an opportunity to someone when you really don't know what they need yet? So I really, really like the way that you do that. So in this first consultation, Coach Crows, is it a very long consultation? Are we talking about hours? I mean, how long should I budget for this? We'll be here as long as you need to tell us about your your goals and dreams. Um, I, I would say what we've seen so far from the people is anywhere from a half hour. Most of them are right around that half hour mark. But a lot of people or some of the people that have come in have a lot to say. And uh, like I say, it's, it's uh, relationship building is really what that first one's about and getting to know each other and getting to know what your goals are. And the one thing I love about being part of APO financial is it's it's really a family atmosphere it's not you're not just going to be working with me when you come in here Uh, you'll be working with me and laura and then the whole apo team that's that's behind us too there's a lot of people that have their fingers into this and and that we rely on them for advice and we work together as a team to find out what the best course of action is for you yeah and i'm glad that you mentioned that that it is a team approach and john goodhue i mean people see who's in the office there in Loria, michigan but there's an entire team behind everything that's done in Lorium that's out there in Denver. You really have a lot of tools in the toolbox or resources to draw from, right? We do. Yeah, we have a full team. We have four offices now, getting ready to open a fifth one. I have got specialists in every area, so that's what we do. We we it's this total team approach uh, as we get to know people's what what they need, what their goals are, how we can really help them. All the advisors will basically go over the cases together with the clients, uh, and then we will we'll figure out what's the best. We'll figure out options for them. But I'm bringing all you know to bear lots of people with lots of specialties, and so that's that's kind of how we approach everything. I'm really glad John said about we're not going to try to sell you anything. I try to emphasize that. This is what I tell people, Jeff. I say, look, if you're worried about us trying to sell you something, bring some of those grocery bags. You know that you get at the grocery store, those mm-hmm. little plastic ones. Yeah. You know, wad them, up, wad them up in your pocket. And if anybody tries to sell you anything in our well, waiting area, we got a whole refrigerator full of drinks and snacks. We got lots of snacks. So if we try to say something, get up, don't say goodbye, walk in there, fill those bags up and take them home. I love that. Yeah, you guys have always got something good to drink there and cookies yep, and we do. things to eat as well, too. I love that. So wad up some grocery bags, put them in your pocket the minute that somebody tries to sell you something. Just raid the refrigerator and walk right out. I think that sends a very clear message. We're talking with John Crows, John Goodhue of APO Financial. We're talking about what this retirement playbook review looks like. When people come in for their first appointment and they really have this discovery process, do you want them to bring anything with them? Do they have to bring tax forms, financial statements? I mean, how does that work? Yeah, I mean, we ask, it's not a requirement, the first meeting, but we ask people, we have a, we have a two-page sheet we ask people to fill out. It's just a summary of kind of some questions about you and your family and what you have as far as assets and income and that type of stuff. We can help you better if we have information. It's, it's like going to the doctor's office. You know, you go to the doctor's office, you got to fill out a lot of forms before that doctor sees you. Yeah. Well, the reason is they need to know something about you. We're the same way. We can't diagnose and tell you what we think in a, in a vacuum. 
And so we, we, that's, we ask people to bring that if possible or send that in before they come. That, you know, investment statements, uh, tax returns, any of that information that relates to your finances and your life. If you've got an estate plan, a will or whatever, you know, bring those into. We're going to review those for you. We're going to tell you, give our opinions of whether they're good enough or not. So, yeah, anything that we can get. But you can come with nothing. If you just want to come and test the waters, you don't know who we are yet, that's fine. Don't send us anything. Don't bring anything. We'll have a conversation anyway. There are limited scope advisors, and I don't want to mention them by name, but I think you know who they are. They're the uh, big box store advisor type of people. They have maybe hundreds, if not thousands, of locations across the uh, country. But really, they handle only a very few things specifically. APO Financial is more of what I call a comprehensive advisor. It's not just stocks and bonds. Can you tell me, John Goodhue, the range of services or things or solutions to problems that you can offer people who become your clients? Oh, absolutely. There's five areas in, in retirement planning that should be addressed. Unfortunately, most people think that their retirement plan is 100% about investments. Well, I tell people, you know what? It's kind of like a pizza. Mm-hmm. Uh, investments, a pizza has about six slices in it. Your investments is, is just one slice. You've got at least five other areas of your financial and retirement life that have to be addressed for you to have a secure retirement. And so if you're only thinking about investments, I I often ask people if they're working with another firm, say, look, tell me besides investments, put that off to the side. What is your financial advisor helped you with that's going to help you in your retirement years in the last two to five years? And there's pretty much a blank look on Mm -hmm. people's face because they finally realize the answer is nothing. And Mm -hmm. so what we do is we make sure that people don't lose money. That's the number one place. Uh, Not a lot of money. And so you got to protect people's assets because you've taken your whole life to grow grow this nest egg. You need to protect it. You think you got to do some things different. Number two, you need an income plan that's based on your life and your expectations, your goals and your dreams, not based off somebody else's ideas of what it ought to be. Number three, you better be thinking about your health care plan, the right Medicare choices, and long-term care choices. We delve into the best social security choices for you because you can make mistakes with social security. That's another area, tax planning. Most people don't do tax planning. We've talked about that, and, and I will talk about that, that ad nauseum. If we identify that you have tax issues, we're going to come up with a tax plan for you to, to eliminate and reduce that those problems for you. We're going to also advise you on estate planning. Uh, estate planning, mm-hmm. a lot of people say, what's an estate plan? Well, it's a, it's a will, but a will is not an estate plan. It's a, it's a number of documents. It's a will. It's a general power of attorney for your money. It's a health care power of attorney for your health care in case you're disabled. It's a living will. Those are your do not resuscitate orders and things. It's a revocable trust. And it may be some other documents, too, could be other types of trusts. So we're going to help people design that plan, and then we'll have attorneys actually paper the, the transactions. But to me, those five things are really about what a retirement plan's about. So I'm going to repeat again, it's an income plan, investments to support the income plan, a tax plan, addressing health care costs, and finally, an estate plan. That is what the Retirement Playbook is all about. And again, we're offering it to our listeners here at no cost, no obligation. 906-523-9030 is the number to call. You can do it this weekend. Some advisors, John, have minimums. I've heard many times you have to have at least $500,000 of investable assets to qualify. Is that the case for the fine people here of the Upper Peninsula? Absolutely not. We will meet people where they are. 
I always say that I don't care how much money you've got. I don't know how much little money you've got. All of that's important to you. And so, and the reality is people who have a decent amount saved, you know, maybe not millions, for example, but a decent amount saved. Well, it's more important for them to protect that than it is. If somebody's got $20 million, if they lose $5 million of it, is that really going to affect their lifestyle? (laughs) No, no, no. Right. If somebody's got $400,000 saved and they lose a hundred thousand of it, is that going to affect their lifestyle in retirement? Yeah, I would think yes, it's going to. And so that's the, that's the mindset we come into this with. We will help anybody we can in any way we can. This firm is a helping firm. This is who we are. My mom always told me I probably should have been a preacher because I like helping people so much. And so this whole firm, every one of my advisors, they have the same mentality. We want to help people because we believe that if we can help people, it's karma. It'll come back to us some way or the other. And so we're absolutely happy to help people. And Coach Crows, I'm going to address this final question to you. When people come in for that consultation, do you hand them a bill and say, well, it, you know, it costs 200 bucks to talk to us? Not at all. There's no bill. There's no cost. There's, we're not selling a thing. And people are skeptical when I tell them that. But then, you know, and come on in and, and test the waters and, and see. And, and like John says, bring in your bag and uh, em- <laughs> empty out our fridge. Because right now our, our fridge is full. We just stocked that sucker about a half hour ago. So we got all kinds of pop and water and, and snacks and peanut M&Ms. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, well, certainly our clients, our guests are welcome to that. But as John was saying, I mean, stock the refrigerator if we try to sell you something. We're not going to sell you anything, but certainly we want to share what we have with you when you come in. As I said, it's a friendly place. It's a no-tie zone. It's like meeting a brand new friend. I can't think of any reason right now, honestly, our listeners listening to this program today, all the things that we have talked about on this show today, all the help that you're offering people, why would someone want to go it alone or try to do it themselves when there is this fantastic resource that is right here in our backyard? Again, if you're one of those people who needs a little help with your retirement plan, maybe you've got a plan from another advisor and you think maybe it's just not meeting your needs, we highly implore you to call us here at APO Financial and set up your appointment. That number, 906-523-9030. No cost, no obligation for this whatsoever. It's 906-523-9030. Call it this week and leave your information. Laura will give you a call back next week and set up an appointment that's convenient for you and the advisors at APO. You can also request your plan online at apofinancial.com. Find out more about the firm there. It's apofinancial.com. Well, John and John, we're out of time for this week. I want to thank you certainly for spending your time with me, but most importantly, I'm really appreciative of the fine people here of the Upper Peninsula for joining us for this week's show. For John Crows and John Goodhue, I'm Jeff Shade. Have a great weekend. We'll talk again next week with another edition of the Retirement Playbook right here on AM 920 and FM 107.3 WMPL. Talk that bridges the gap. The opinions voiced on the Retirement Playbook from APO Financial are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. Investing involves risk, including possible loss of principal. No strategy assures success or protects against loss. To determine what may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, financial, or tax advisor prior to investing.